Welcome to the Hot Lava Podcast on a Tuesday. Padres about to start a three-game series against the Milwaukee Brewers. That's where I am. I'm Kevin A.C. in Milwaukee. Jay Posner, sports editor of the Union Tribune. Jay, the uh, the Padres symbolically surrendered on Sunday, and then they uh, finished the split with the Cubs, who are atop the National League Central, and a game and a half back of the Brewers. There, I just summed it all up. Tell me, what did you think about those four games and all the occurrences over the four days in Chicago? Well, I mean, it, it was kind of the ultimate that's baseball type weekend where you never know, <laughs> you just never know what's going to happen. I mean, the, on paper, the Cubs should wipe the floor with the Padres. You, you watch the lineup they rolled out, although Sunday they gave some guys some rest. But you watch that and you think, well, the Padres can't play with this team. But it is baseball, and on any given weekend, you know, you can play mm-hmm. with anybody and you can split with a team that's going to the playoffs and might go to the World Series. And, and you know, I don't think anybody would be shocked if the Cubs won the World Series. So, um, you know, and, and yet the Padres, if you think about it, I mean, they could have swept the series. Now, they they weren't going to. I mean, you'd have this had to go right and that had to go right and everything. But um, they did have chances yeah. to win the two games that they lost. I think they both ended yeah. up being one-run games, and you could – go into both those games and find a run here and a run there and all that sort of uh, all that sort of stuff but and the same thing with Milwaukee I mean the the Brewers are only a game and a half behind the Cubs so it's another good team they swept the Padres way back in March when the season started uh, they have some really good players they picked up a couple extra players at the trading deadline they seem to have straightened themselves out a little bit uh, had some struggles around the all-star break but they've played better of late as they say. And, uh, you know, it's an interesting, interesting series. And I, I think the most interesting thing for, for Padre fans and will probably be tomorrow night's game, uh, the Wednesday game. And, and you can, you can tell us why. Brett Kennedy will make his major league debut. Another kid making his major league debut for the Padres, Joey Lucchese, Eric Lauer, Walker Lockett. Uh, I mean, there were some relievers, uh, but, Here's the interesting part about Brett Kennedy. Brett Kennedy's a guy they would not have been surprised had he made it out of, uh, had he been the guy making it out of spring camp. He went to his first big league camp. He was, he's the oldest, I believe, 26 um, years old, drafted in 2015. The oldest of that, you know, group that was uh, doing the whole uh, rise uh, up through the minor league system. Not one of their, you know, quote unquote top prospects, um, but a guy that they, you know, really thought, hey, we're going to see pretty soon what he can do in the majors. Anyway, he didn't have a great spring dealing with some stuff. And then 10-0 and in El Paso with a 2.76 ERA. I think a uh, whip just barely, what, 1-2 something, maybe 1-1 something, Jay. And here's the significance of that. The freaking Pacific Coast League, those are really good numbers. No, that's, that's true. And I, I will correct you on one thing. He, is, he did okay. just turn 24. Um, oh, the other day, August, you know what it was? August 4 of drafted, 94. Drafted out of high school then, right? He'd been in the system longer than these guys. Um, well, he went to Fordham. Huh. So, Jay? Kevin, it might be time I, to go back and check, and check this bio before you start writing. Of, of, <laughs> I have a nugget of, of where the bottom line is they felt like Brett Kennedy was a guy who'd been experienced enough. And so, yes, wow, those facts were terribly wrong. But, <laughs> but I will, the, you the, corrected me. The 2.72 ERA, he would be, uh, he's one inning short of qualifying uh, for the official stats. If he qualified, he would be fourth in the PCL. 
with that ERA. There is some caution, obviously, when when you look at anything in the minor leagues, even pitching Uh stats in the PCL. Luis Perdomo has a 3.1 ERA at El Paso. So you do always have to be careful with that, but he has pitched well. The most interesting thing to me when I I was looking up some information on him before this podcast was that he was not ranked – not just in MLB's top 30 Padres prospects. Fan, Fangraphs has 43 Padre prospects ranked on their excellent website, and he's not included in the 43. Mm-hmm. And yet, here he is, you know, I, I won't say dominating the PCL, but mm-hmm. 2.7 ERA in the PCL is very good. Uh, but it's, you know, nobody who does these rankings has has seen anything through, and I'm sure scouts are consulted and all that, nobody has seen anything over these last couple of years that made them think, wow, Brett Kennedy is going to be you know, a, a, a pitcher in the big leagues, let alone a mm-hmm. good pitcher. And that, to me, that makes it more interesting. Like, hey, here's this guy mm-hmm. who's really pitched his way into this spot. I mean, they, they probably didn't have to. Uh, I think he was an 11th round pick when they got him, so it's not like they – you know, felt like he's number one or number two and they need to force him along. He's pitched his way into this position and I, I'm eager to see what he does, you know, in a, against a tough lineup in a, in a, uh, you know, in a sort of a pressure situation where it's a, a pennant race, at least for one team and the pressure of feeling his major league debut. And, yes. you know, we're not going to judge everything off one start, but I think it's interesting. It will be interesting to see what he, what he's able to do here. True, you, you nailed it, Jay. I mean, he, he earned his way here. He wasn't on the 40-man roster. This was, I mean, they got to see what he's going to do. This move here was inevitable. Um, nonetheless, while they kept waiting, <laughs> thinking, you know, it was two months ago that you knew, hey, Brett Kennedy's going to get a shot up here unless he implodes. But he just kept pitching and pitching and pitching and winning and winning and getting people out. And, you know, they want to see what can he do in the majors. So that's very interesting. Uh, I Yeah, and, and I love that, that you're uh, – that you, you know, identified it as it is. It's like, hey, this is a really cool story. The Padres do not think this guy is going to be, you know, at the anywhere near the front of their rotation when they're a good team. But Brett Kennedy could be a trade piece. Brett Kennedy could surprise people and be their number three starter in 2021. Yeah, I mean, he could uh, end up being the guy that you're like, wow, maybe he's better than, you know, pick mm-hmm. a pitcher who's ranked above him. And, yep. and, you know, somebody else might want that pitcher and the Padres keep mm-hmm. Brett Kennedy. So there's any number of ways this could this could play out or, or Brett yep. Kennedy could come up and, and, you know, get five starts here and be terrible. I mean, who, you know, who knows? That's what's that, that but that's the interesting part about, uh, you know, what we're, what we're watching and, and what we're looking for. And as you wrote today, stuff that's happening through the season as well, where you think, Hey, these, why are they doing this? Well, they're doing it because one win, one loss is not going to make a difference. Five wins, five losses is not going to really make a difference. Let's see what, Jose Castillo can do right. when he loads the bases with nobody out. Let's see if Manuel Margot will ever be a good base stealer, you know, et cetera, et cetera. Let's, let's mm-hmm. see what happens. And same thing with Brett Kennedy. Let's see what Brett Kennedy can do here over the, you know, remaining what seven weeks of the season or whatever's left. Yeah. This season is, I mean, it's what it's always been about. And now here is where we can really dive into hey, why is this guy doing good or why, why is he doing poorly? And, and that's what the Padres uh, are, are doing. And then, you know, one reason I bring up is Brett Kennedy, a trade piece and, or, you know, is it somebody else? That's another thing. Like Robbie Erland starts on Thursday. Um, 
no one expects Robbie Erlin <laughs> that he's going to be right. a part of the rotation in three years. Well, maybe he can earn his way into that, or maybe he can become attractive to another team. So what you're rooting for here is individual success. Hey, if you're a Padre fan and you want your team to actually be a contender, the, the important thing isn't whether the Padres or Robbie Erlin get the win on Thursday. Uh, the important thing is, did Robbie Erland go six innings and, and uh, you know, allow two runs and, and five hits and, and get, a, you know, a number of strikeouts? And did he look good? That's a victory for the Padres on Thursday. Right. And I, I think that's kind of how we have to look at the rest of it. And I, and I know that, you know, a lot of fans and I, I understand a lot of fans are tired of that and they want to see yes. they want to see victories and all that stuff. And, and, you know, in the perfect world, the Padres will will win games like they did over the weekend and, and split four games against a team like the Cubs or, you know, come home on this next uh, homestand where, that includes Philadelphia and Arizona, two teams that are, you know, are in the thick of it. And, and almost every team the rest of the way that they play is in some sort of race. The Angels, you know, who come in next week are, are the exception. And, and let's just hope Mike Trout is healthy by then because that's that's the I mean, between trout and obviously we want to see otani but you know trout doesn't get here very often and you don't get a chance to see the the best player in baseball here very often and and i've, I've been like every day been been checking out the notes like is trout gonna play is trout gonna play the latest that i saw is they're hoping he had a cortisone shot they're hoping with two more days off here that by Friday, I think that he'll be ready for their weekend series. And obviously, if he can play over the weekend, then he would play down here as well. So that's that's something else to look to look toward later on. But uh, it's the, the kind of thing that uh, you know you got to got to keep your eye on at this point is what what's worth watching. And it's it's not always the Padres. There's times where you do want to see oh uh, guys on the other team as well. We talked about this last month. Uh, it was uh, on the occasion that they were going to face Jacob DeGrom, who they beat, uh, the, the Mets ace. And you know what struck me this weekend, Jay? How lucky Cubs fans, Cubs beat writers are. And, and it, it is great. What a pleasure for me to have watched Javi Baez the last four days, right? I know. Really, I, love I, mean, watching really Javi, I love watching Javi Baez play. Even though he's, wow. you know, there's player, you know, people think he's a hot dog and a little bit, and he oh. probably, and of course he is. But sure. man, he is fun to watch. Fun to come up when he comes up to the plate. Fun to see what sure. he's going to do. Um, you know, the Cubs have other uh, other guys like that. I mean, one of them, Chris Bryant, isn't even playing um, uh, at this. But point. My thing but, is this: is it, it really is? And you made that point about Degrom, and obviously you're talking about Trout now. And 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 there are things to watch every night. And these are the best players in the world. But and I I tend to to focus on that. What's the cool thing about going to the ballpark every day? Okay. It made me go, man, how awesome would it be to actually be able to watch that 162 games a year? Maybe someday. Right. And I mean, I, and, and I, I, I do that a little bit. I mean, I don't watch 162 of their games, but I have family that, that lives in Cleveland. And so I've, I've followed the Indians regularly and have for the last, you know, 25 years or so. And that's been a, a franchise like that. I mean, back in the nineties when they were great and, and obviously during mm. this time, I mean, they have guys, I mean, every day they go out there and they have Francisco Lindor at shortstop and Jose Ramirez at third base. I mean, in every, you know, every game, those guys are out there and getting four or five at bats a game. And, and, you know, it's fun to watch a team like that. And that's, yeah. I just hope that we get to that point here yeah. and we've been here, we've been there in the past, but it's been a long time since we had that feeling about going to the ballpark here and saying, wow, you know, we get to see 
this guy, maybe it'll be a Fernando Tatis. So, you know, we get to watch Fernando Tatis every, every game type of stuff. That's, that's the kind of stuff where all these prospects, all this hope, you hope that you get two or three guys. And this is what I thought Eric Hosmer would be this year, even though I wasn't crazy about them signing him, but be like, okay, but at least it's a guy that, you know, would be worth watching every day. And I, I don't think you could say that about Hosmer at this point, which doesn't mean he won't be going forward. But those are the kind of guys you want where there's guys that are every single day, you can't wait for them to come up and see what they're going to do. Piazza was like that. Even just the one year he was here at the end of his mm. career, you never wanted to miss a Piazza at bat because you just mm. never knew what was going to happen. So see what well, you can do about that. Okay. I'm I'm, I'm going to, we, we, we can dream. Um, Jay, that's about it. Today's a replay uh, of, of opening day. I don't know how often that happens. Clayton Richard against Chase Anderson, so that's nice. That's true. Maybe we'll see. Maybe we'll see Jordan Lyles coming out of the bullpen. I'm not sure. The last I read was he might not be activated until uh, tomorrow. I'm not sure exactly why, but because uh, he's Jordan Lyles, former Padres pitcher. Uh, I watched him walk out of the clubhouse, uh, catch a uh, taxi on uh, Sunday when he was claimed off waivers by the Brewers, so he just beat the team here a little bit. Um, other than that, I mean, man, the Brewers didn't just sweep the Padres that first weekend. I mean, they showed, like, Lorenzo Cain, uh, you know, Christian Yelich, like, wow. Uh, so uh, this will be interesting to see. Is just one, another one of those little little things to look for and see what is the same or different. Yeah, I mean, the interesting part of that series was the one low-scoring game was the one that Richard pitched on, on opening day, <laughs> uh, you know, where they lost 2-1. to one, But the Brewers... Yeah. Um, scored eight. I think the, the Friday night game, if I remember right, was the one where didn't Braun Homer offhand. Um, yes. and, uh, and then they, they put up seven more in, in Saturday's game. So, uh, yeah, I mean the, the Brewers are, have a lot of guys that are, that are worth watching and we'll see what the Padres, uh, are able to do coming off their big, their big weekend in Chicago. So, <laughs> and then we'll uh, you actually get to come home after that, Kevin. Yes. I will uh, when the next we talk. I will at least be uh, on the soil of San Diego. Is uh, you know God willing. All right. So, uh, well, we will do that I on will, Friday. Uh, I will talk to you then. Thank you, Kevin. Yeah.